ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا فمن يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله ان خير الكلام كلام الله وان خير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وان شر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار اما بعد all praises to allah lord of all that exists we praise him we thank him we seek his aid and we ask for his protection from the evil of our own selves and from the wickedness of our own desires i bear witness that there is no god worthy of worship other than allah and i bear witness that muhammad peace and blessings be upon him is his slave and his final messenger all praise be to allah lord of the heavens and the earth the lord that said wa qala rabbukum ud'uni astajib lakum today's talk will be a reminder and an explanation of this particular verse may allah bless me and you to understand it better وَقَالَ رَبُّكُمْ اُدْعُونِي أَسْتَجِبْ لَكُمْ وَقَالَ رَبُّكُمْ اُدْعُونِي أَسْتَجِبْ لَكُمْ The Lord, the fact that our Lord has told us, or this verse contains in it a number of points. First of all, it is an order. وَقَالَ رَبُّكُمْ Or first of all, it is telling us something. قَالَ رَبُّكُمْ Your Lord says, اُدْعُونِي an order and then a promise astajib lakum and then follows up with a warning inna alladhina yastakbiruna an ibadati sayadkhuluna jahannama dakhirin as we will come to discuss as time comes at the moment from allah's wisdom and one of the miracles of the quran and one of the ways we can come to understand the words of allah better is to understand the connection between the name of Allah or the attribute of Allah and the meaning of the verse. So when we hear a name of Allah or an attribute of Allah in the verse, we should know that it is connected to the meaning of the ayah itself. So here, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not say, Qala Allah. He does not say, Qala. He does not say, Qala Rahman. He does not say qal al-aziz qal al-jabbar he does not use any of the many many names and attributes that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has but he says qala rabbukum wa qala rabbukum so Allah is reminding us something or telling us something Allah in his wisdom has chosen a name and attributes which explains the meaning of the ayah so when we hear the word rabb we remind ourselves or we go back to tawhid al-rububiyyah unity of allah's lordship and when we talk about allah's lordship we know that he is one subhanahu wa ta'ala in his creation in his khalq in his mulk in his tadbir in his rizq so he is one alone in his creation he is one alone in his provision he is one alone in his control 
and in his dominion. So he, Jalla wa'ala, is alone in his lordship of this, of this earth, in his, in his control of all that exists. So when Allah is saying, وَقَالَ رَبُّكُمْ He's reminding us who he is. Just as he follows up with the order, Ud'uni. So who is this one that you should call upon? He is the Lord, the creator, the sustainer, the controller, the provider. So he is declaring himself worthy of being called upon. Before he gives us the order to call upon him, he, Jalla is declaring himself worthy of that, of that honor, of that, of being called upon, of the dua. So when we contemplate the meaning of the Quran, we, the Quran has been revealed for us to contemplate, for us to benefit from its meaning. So those who I have revealed the book to them, they recite it as it deserves to be recited. And they are the ones who believe in it. So the ulama have said that to recite the Quran as it deserves to be recited is to, first of all, is to recite it with its verses, with its letters correctly. And then it is to recite it by pondering it. And then it is to recite it by understanding its meaning and, and then acting upon those meanings. So, do they not ponder the Quran or is or are there locks upon their hearts? So somebody who's blessed to understand Allah's names and attributes and to look at them when they read the Quran and think about them as they read, then that is a blessing which makes the recitation of the Quran a way to increase our iman, a way to uh, seek to, to find the guidance and the beauty in it. So reading a verse or even a single word with proper understanding and contemplation is much greater than finishing a surah or finishing a page or even finishing the whole Quran. If your goal of that recitation, uh, the, the finishing the surah or the page or the Quran, is just to get to the end. Whereas a much blessed way is to ponder upon what you're reading and think about the meaning that Allah is trying to convey to you. So when we look, this, when we look at the Sahaba and how they read the Quran, that when they memorized the Quran, they did not pass by an ayah until they'd learned the meaning of it and they'd learned the action and the connection to their life to the Quran. And they, radiallahu anhum, understood the Quran better than anybody else who came after them because they were among, they were with the Prophet وسلم, when it was revealed. And they took great care in pondering the meaning of Allah, the, the meaning of the words of Allah. So when we listen to the Quran or when we read the Quran, our goal should be to take a lesson from it, to take a meaning from it. If we were to listen to the speech of anybody else, we wouldn't listen merely for the beauty of the accent or for the beauty of the words that were being said unless we are making an effort to understand the meaning of the speaker 
And there is no greater wisdom and no greater speaker and no greater knowledge than to be found in the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when we read or when we, when we listen to the words of Allah, our goal should be to contemplate the meaning of our Lord's words because there is no greater wisdom nor more information than those contained in the words of the speech of Allah. As Allah says, وَإِذَا قُرِئَ الْقُرْآنِ فَاسْتَمِعُوا لَهُ وَانْصُطُوا لَعَلَّكُمْ تَرْحَمُونَ or تَرْحَمُون So if you want Allah's mercy, listen to the Qur'an. If you want Allah's mercy, be quiet when the Qur'an is, is being recited. If you want Allah's mercy, think about the meaning of the Qur'an. So here we'll go back to the ayah that we're talking about today. وَقَالَ رَبُّكُمْ اُدْعُونِي أَسْتَجِبْ لَكُمْ So the Lord who is great and powerful controller of the heavens and the earth is telling us despite the fact he has no need for us he's telling us who need him for every breath we take for every thing that we have we need our lord for and he is telling us to call upon him and when we do that he's following it up with a promise so he's saying he's following his order his order is call upon me and his promise is I will answer you. So then the next part, or let's go, wait. Uh, so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala here is as always in the Quran. He's giving an order and then he's giving a wa'ad and then he's giving a wa'id. A wa'ad is a promise of goodness and a wa'id is a promise or, or a warning of danger. So if anybody an individual in their heart or a group is focusing on purely al-wa'ad, purely the warning of punishment, or focusing purely on wa'id, uh, sorry, wa'ad is the, is the promise of, of reward, or focusing purely on al-wa'id, al, 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 al which is the warning of punishment, then they are going to become misguided. So a believer, a believer must, in their worship of Allah, of Allah, base their worship upon love, hope, and fear. So if you worship, as Ibn Taymiyyah, uh, rahimahullah, said, if you worship Allah with love alone, then you're one of the extreme Sufiya, who say Allah loves us and we can do what we want. Allah would never harm those who he loves, like some of the Christians. And if you worship Allah with hope alone, you say we are believers and sin will not harm us. We are believers and that is enough to take us into Jannah. Then you are one of the murja'ah, one of the people who have increased in their uh, exaggeration of Allah's uh, blessings or Allah's reward. And to a certain degree, the Christians are like that. And if you worship Allah with fear alone, then you have fallen into the group that is called the Khawarij, who are the people who believe that every sin leads to hellfire. Every major sin is automatically in their eyes uh, straight to hell, uh, disbelief in Allah. So if you worship Allah with love, hope, and fear, then you are a mu'min muwahid, as Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah said. So I put this up because when we say, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, when we say Alhamd, the word hamd, means to praise the one you love. So when we say, Alhamdulillah, we are declaring love for
before Allah. And when we say Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim, we are declaring our belief in the attributes of mercy to our Lord. And when we believe that our Lord is merciful, we are obviously hoping to attain some of that mercy. Then we follow up with Maliki Yawmiddin, Master of the Day of Judgment. The day that everybody will be treated according to their actions, according to their works. So immediately we have established fear. So when we are reading Surah Al-Fatiha, when we are reading the first surah in the Quran that we read 18 times or however many times a day, we declare firstly our love and our hope and our fear. So to worship Allah, we need these pillars. And when we go back to our ayah of the day, we see that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Defi uh, sorry, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam defined worship when he said, Ad-Dua is worship. Dua is worship. That is the definition given by the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So Dua is worship. Our noble Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam who has been blessed with the, with the and that he does not speak of his own desires. Indeed, he speaks only of revelation or through revelation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He said when he wanted to define a dua, he said, ibadah. So dua is worship, concise and clear. And Dua, or sorry, worship, is al-dhul, al-dhul, And worship, although it stands on the pillars of love, hope, and fear, it is also contains in it servitude. Al-riq means servitude or slavery or to surrender in, in all ways. Al-khudu' very similar to al-riq, is submission. And al-dhul, is humiliation or hu uh, humility. And al-muhabba is love and al-ta'zim is glorification. So any worshiper of anything, be it the one true God or be it a false God, they are putting themselves far below the level of the one they worship. So for us Muslims, we have been blessed to put ourselves below the one who created us and to, hum to be humble in front of the one true God and to surrender to him in servitude and, and to glorify him. So worship is based upon these things. And a person, a person's level of worship goes up and down. As we know, the Prophet said, whoever intends to do a bad deed and does not do it, then they are given a single good deed. And whoever does a bad deed or whoever intends to do a bad deed and does it they will be recorded or the angel will write a single bad deed and whoever intends to do a good deed Allah will write the good deed for them and whoever intends to do a good deed and does it Allah will reward them between 10 and 70 so anybody who hears this 
anybody who hears this hadith must think, how can I get to the 70? In what way can I do the same amount of worship, but get a greater reward? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has described us as that the believers are those who call upon him in fear and in hope. Not only means hope, but it means it, it can mean greed. It means a desire to achieve, a desire to bring to yourself something. So we know that for a prayer or for a dhikr or for a single good deed, we might be getting 10 good deeds and we might be getting 70. The difference is according to the love and the fear and the ta'zim, the glorification that is in the heart of the worshiper. So somebody whose love of Allah and fear of Allah is great will be rewarded more for the same action than somebody who does it with minimal fear and love of the one true God. Okay. So, love of Allah leads us to his obedience. Love of Allah leads us to obey him, both openly and privately. Love of Allah leads a person to look forward to meeting Allah. And when we say look forward to meeting Allah, we do not mean uh, look, forward, look forward to death. What we mean when we say look forward to meeting Allah is to live our lives according to his orders. To not let Allah see us doing something which dis displeases him. And always to let Allah see us doing something which pleases him. So it means acting in a way which pleases our Lord. Another way to call upon our Lord is to glorify him, obviously, and a heart that glorifies Allah or a heart that does not have the glorification of Allah in it is an empty heart, a broken heart. So in this simple verse that we see here, وَقَالَ رَبُّكُمْ لَكُمْ it is a verse ordering us to fill our hearts with love and with glorification of our creator. And a meaning which is missed out on most people who read this verse, where it says, call upon me and I will answer you. A dua, as the Prophet said, a dua hul ibadah. A dua hul ibadah. So when the Prophet said that this dua is worship, in this ayah, if we look at this, we will read it that worship me and I will answer you. So if we look at the, some people might read this ayah and think only that Allah is ordering us to raise our hands and to ask him for the things we need, for the things we don't have, for the things we wish we had. While that is true up to a point, the actual meaning is that dua is so much more than that. Dua includes all that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his prophet have ordered, ha have ordered all good deeds, all pious actions. It does not refer to a single action, nor does it contain or nor did, is it only specific to a single form of worship. So prayer is dua, hajj is dua, dhikr is dua, talab al-ilm, seeking Islamic knowledge is dua. Uh, traveling to the Kaaba for Hajj or Umrah is dua. Obedience to your parents is dua. Fulfilling the rights of your neighbors and your family is dua. 
being kind to Allah's creation, moving something that has blocked the road or is harmful on the road is dua. All of these pious actions are included in the order, ud'uni astajib lakum. Pray to me, worship me, call upon me, and I will answer you. This becomes even more, this becomes clear in two ways. First of all, it becomes clear. When if we ask a person, why do you fast? Why do you travel? Do you pay for a plane ticket? And you travel from your country all the way to Mecca to pray the same Dhuhr prayer in front of the Kaaba that you could have prayed in England or in America or in Germany. Why do you do this? Why do you remove something from the street that could harm somebody? Why do you obey your parents and respect them? Why do you suffer with bad manners from your family members and reply to them with kindness? Why do you accept insults and, and humbly return the insult with good manners? Uh, to say, Sallamakallah or Aslahakallah, or to say, may Allah forgive you and me when somebody insults you. What is the goal of all these actions? The answer is the goal of all these actions is hoping for Allah's mercy and hoping for protection from his reward. So, a dua is to ask Allah for something. Yet all of these actions are dua because we do them for the sake of attaining Allah's mercy and protecting ourselves from his punishment. So every single good deed comes under dua because we are hoping for Allah's mercy and hoping to protect ourselves from his anger. So a pure heart is attached to the, that's another thing, a pure heart is attached. Now we said that good deeds are, are done for the sake of uh, hoping for Allah's mercy and hoping to protect ourselves from his punishment. While this is true, there are other reasons. One of them is that a pure heart feels relaxation and joy and pleasure in the worship of Allah. This is true. But that is not the reason that a Muslim worships Allah. Another reason, obedience to your parents and kindness to your relatives and neighbors and kindness to creation causes a good deed to be spread among people. So for reasons of empathy, you might want to be nice to people because you would like them to be nice to you. That's fine. That is a reason, but it is not the reason, or we must make sure that it is not the reason we treat people nicely. The reason we treat people nicely, we obey our parents, we, we keep away from harming other people, must be for the pleasure of Allah and for protection from his anger. Jalla when we pray or when we fast or when we seek knowledge, we are fulfilling, we are fearful of his punishment and we are hopeful of his mercy. We hope by doing this action, we will get the best of this life and the best of the next life. So it is important to remember that dua is every form of worship. And when there is in your heart love of good for others, then you are fulfilling the order None of you truly believe until you love for yourself what you love for others. So loving good for others is good. It's part of Iman, it's part of Dua, it's part of Ibadah. But we must have our first and foremost intention is for attaining Allah's mercy and protection from his punishment.
So to understand the meaning clearly, to continue to talk about how the word dua actually means ibadah, we follow on with the rest of the ayah. We follow on with the rest of the ayah. Ud'uni astajib lakum inna ladhini yastakbiruna an ibadati sayadkhuluna jahannama dakhirin. So, what is the order? The order is, call me, call upon me. The promise is, I will answer you. The warning is, if you are too arrogant to what? To what? To call upon me? No. If you are too arrogant to worship me, you will enter hellfire, humiliated with those who enter. Al-jazā'u min jinsil amal. Reward and punishment is, is, is like the action. You, if you are arrogant and think of yourself as great and big in this life, Allah will humiliate you in the next. And very possibly in this life as well, because Allah has, uh, the Prophet ﷺ told us that Allah, that Allah said, كَانَ حَقٌ عَلَى اللَّهِ إِذَا رَفَعَ شَيْءٌ مِنَ الدُّنْيَا أَنْ يَضَعُهُ That it is Allah's promise that if he raises up something in this life, he will put it down. So, الْجَزَاءُ مِنْ جِنْسِ amal. If you are humble, Allah will make you great. If you are arrogant, Allah will humiliate you. If you are obedient, Allah will reward you. If you control your desires in this life, Allah will give you all that you desire in the next life. So, الَّذِينَ أُدْعُونِي أَسْتَجِبْ لَكُمْ إِنَّ الَّذِينَ يَسْتَكْبِرُونَ They're too arrogant. They think they're too good. To worship Allah عَنْ عِبَادَتِي سَيَدْخُلُونَ جُهَنَّمَ دَاخِرِينَ They will go in to uh, hellfire in humiliation. This is what I wanted to say about this dua, about this ayah, I'm sorry. Uh, we ask Allah, Allahumma arina haqqa, Allahumma arina al-haqqa haqqa, wa ruzuqna attiba'a, wa arina al-baatil, wa baatilna wa ruzuqna ijtinaaba. Oh Allah, we ask you to show us the truth as truth, and to show us falsehood as falsehood. And we ask you, oh Allah, to grant us to follow the truth and to stay away from the falsehood. Allahumma allimna ma yinfa'na wa anfa'na bima allamtana. Allahumma zidna ilma. Oh Allah, we ask you to benefit us from that which we have learnt and to teach us that which will benefit us. Barakallahu feekum wa jazakumullahu khaira. I don't know if I'm able to see questions or not. Am I? I don't know if I'm able to see questions, if there are any. If there are any questions, please. What is the best way to make dua for a miracle? Uh, is very, to request a miracle is a difficult thing. Because the Prophet ﷺ suffered and he, he, he went through hardship and he was beaten and he was struck in the face and his teeth were broken or one of his teeth was broken. And those who he loved died. Khadija, his first wife, Abu Talib, his uncle who protected him, died. 
So he went through many suffering, many sufferings, many hardships. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not suddenly send a miracle to save him. So when we ask Allah for something, we ask him for the best. We say, oh Allah, give me the best of this life and the best of the next life. Oh Allah, keep me alive while being alive is good for me. And give me death when death is good for me. These kind of things to pray with the dua that the Prophet ﷺ prayed with is the best type of dua. What is the best way to stay in love and hope and fear of Allah? To love Allah, we remind ourselves of his blessings upon us, his bounties upon us. To fear Allah, we remind ourselves of his punishment. And to hope for Allah or to hope from Allah, we remind ourselves of his reward, of what he has to reward those who obey him. So all of those things are in the Quran. The closer you are to the Quran, the closer you will be to the love and fear and hope of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What is the best dua for difficulty? Um, there are numerous dua. Best to look in a book of dua. I don't want to try and uh, use my memory at the moment. I don't know about the angels praying for someone fasting, someone eats in front of him. I don't know, I'm sorry. Uh, to increase, the question says, what can you do to increase the likelihood of your dua being, being accepted? The answer is your love and your hope, your love and your fear of Allah. Uh, first of all, to pray, uh, to have established in your heart this love and fear of Allah and hope. And then, of course, we uh, must make dua, or it is better to make dua with the duas of the Prophet So instead of inventing a dua, instead of inventing a dua of our own, we pray in the way that the Prophet prayed. Now, of course, making dua is open. You can raise your hands and say, oh, my Lord. Give me this, give me that, and ask for, from Allah whatever you need. That is perfectly halal. However, to pray with the prayer of the Prophet ﷺ, to use the words that the Prophet ﷺ used, is better. And to begin your dua with a salatu wassalam ala nabiyyina Muhammad, and to finish your dua with salatu wassalam ala nabiyyina Muhammad, uh, is, is also one way of increasing the possibility of acceptance of dua. Is it best to make dua in sajda? Yes, the Prophet ﷺ mentioned it as being a time when you are close to Allah and he said, So increase the amount of dua you are doing. Uh, what is the time after Asr on Friday? Yes, uh, the hour, there is a special hour on Friday where dua is more likely to and that hour, the scholars have said, is after Asr or the last hour of Friday before sunset. Um, let's go, hold on now. Uh, is it disliked to ask others to make dua for you? Mm. We can't say it's disliked because it is halal, but it's not from the sunnah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the way the, the, 
the path between you and your Lord is open. So there's no need to ask somebody else to take that path. If there is somebody who you consider more pious than you, and even considering somebody more pious than you, even that is a little bit, a little bit uh, strange. I mean, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone knows who is a hypocrite and who is sincere. So you can think the best of people, which is, which is a good thing, but generally the, the, the way between you and Allah, between you and your dua is open. So there shouldn't be any need for you to ask somebody else to make dua for you. The best time to make dua is, as the Prophet ﷺ told us, in the sujood or in the last part of the night, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala descends to the heavens or to the, to the heavens of this world and he says, Hal min da'in yad'uni fa'astajibu lahu Hal min sa'ilin yas'alani fa'u'tiyanna So when the when the Prophet when the Prophet told us that in the last part, the last third of the night before Fajr, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala descends to the heavens of this world and calls out, is there anybody calling on me so I may answer him? Is there anybody uh, asking me so I may give him? So at that time of the night uh, or before Fajr is the best time for dua. The question, can dua change Qadr? I don't know. If anybody has an answer for that, Akhi Abdul Wahid or anybody else, there is a hadith, as far as I know, that if anything was to change Qadr, it's dua or something like that, but I really don't know. I know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has written what has happened and what will happen. And if he, if we are making dua and he answers that dua, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knew about that before he created us. Does du'a have to be recited in Arabic while in sujood? Good question. Yes, I think so. Uh, we can't use other than Arabic in for prayer. After prayer, you can raise your hands and you can make du'a in another language, in a language other than Arabic. Um, okay. So, is it haram to ask a sheikh to make istikhara for you? Again, istikhara is a form of dua. There is nothing between you and Allah. There is no go between between you and Allah. It is not haram to ask somebody to make dua for you, but it is not necessary and it is not part of the sunnah. The companions do not meet one another and say, make dua for me. Uh, the companions, but then there is a hadith where they used to travel to the uncle of the Prophet وسلم, and ask him to pray for rain when it was rain time. So there is something, a certain permissibility of asking somebody to make dua for you if you feel the need. Uh, right. Tips on making dua more sincerely and less passively. Uh, repetition. You try and try again. Sincerity is not something you either have or you don't have. It's not something you just get. Uh, it's something that you work at and you try hard for. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala may bless you with it if you continue to try. What is the meaning that we can have in our mind for us when supplication Quran, Rabbana, can I intend for the Muslims? Um, yeah, no problem. 
uh, the, the question says that in dua we say Allahumma, Allahumma firlana, Allahumma hdina fi man hadayt. Oh Allah, guide us among those who you've guided. Should we have the intention of us to mean all the Muslims? There's no problem with that. Not a problem. Uh, you can do that or you can have the intention for yourself. It is permissible to call a singular plural in Arabic. So not a problem. Well, thank you, but Barakallahu uh, The best dua, Ya Abdul Hamid, that covers all things is the dua mentioned in the Quran. Allahumma, Rabbana atina fi dunya hasana, wa fil akhirati hasana, wa qina adab al-nar. You heard Ibn Uthaymeen say it's permissible to make dua in your own language. Okay, don't ask me then. If Sheikh Ibn Uthaymeen said that, then, then look into it. Uh, is there a dua to increase your iman? Allahumma allimni ma'anfa'ni. There are many duas. All duas increase your iman. Any action of belief is an increase in your iman. Don't think that you can get an increase in your iman unless you have an increase in your action. So action, the signs of iman is your action, your belief, your love, your fear, your prayer, your calling upon Allah. All of those are signs of your iman. So the more of that you do, the more Iman you will have. So it's not like you can have a boost of Iman and your actions remain the same, right? So Iman is mujahada, is struggle, is bit by bit to get better. Uh, okay, uh, are there any tips on the best du'as to make to, during Salat al-Istijaba? Allah uh, Alam. Tips, Salat al-Istijaba. Oh, sa'a, sa'a to l'istijaba. Okay, barakalafik. No, any, any dua that you make, sa'a means hour. So during the hour that uh, answering is most likely, which is the last hour of, of Fajr and the last hour of every night before, uh, last hour of Friday and the last hour of every night before Fajr. There is no particular dua that we say in that time. All duas are, uh, are, included in that. So we can make any dua we like in any language, uh, as long as it's outside of the prayer. As far as I know, uh, we must have, during the prayer, it must only be in Arabic. Jazakumullah khairan. Allahumma allimna ma yanfa'na wa yanfa'ani bima allamtana. Thank you very much for everybody who came. May Allah bless you and reward you and grant you safety wherever you are. And may Allah forgive us for our sins and shortcomings. Jazakumullah khairan. السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته